Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Hello, sports fans. I'm Aaron Warner. With me, as always, my co-host, Stefan Heck. And today we have a, a special guest. You might recognize him as the former voice of the Dawson Creek Junior Canucks. Uh, he also hosted Real Good Show with Stefan. You might hear him now on 650 or City News. Uh, Justin Morissette. How's it going, everybody? Up, Justin? Uh, good to be here, fellas. Um, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of negative things to talk about with this team lately. And <laughs> oh, what really? better place to be? <laughs> what better place to be to break them down than right here with you boys? Yeah. Oh, what what gave you that impression? Yeah. I mean, look, they're they're two and one in their last three games. So let's, let's look at the silver lining. <laughs> yeah. Here, right? Rick Talkett with the yeah. six 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 winning percentage. I guess he's six seven. Completely completely turned things around, really. All it took was one practice for them to <laughs> I uh, I didn't watch the Seattle game. I was at I, oh I t- we talked about this on the bonus episode, but I was at the top prospects game, which was that was very cool. I, uh, I Justin, I don't know if you know this, but I learned that Pure Dorian has a burner Twitter account. Oh, uh, really? Because uh, we were standing, we were in standing room only, and he was. It's very funny. Uh, we said this on the bonus episode, but it's just very funny that like all the other scouts, there were scouts kind of s- scattered throughout, and GMs and stuff scattered throughout. Um, but they had like better seats or they were up in like the suites. This is at the Langley event center. Right. Yeah. Uh, and pure Dorian is like in the back corner <laughs> as far back as you can possibly be without being in the standing room section with all of his scouts. But he very clearly had, I, I looked over at his phone and he's like on Twitter and it's, but he, does, if you look him up, he doesn't have like a verified account. Right? So he's like, he's got a secret account on Twitter. Or something. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's the big news. He's I got to, to the imagine. Streets. I got to imagine that that's true of like every single person in the NHL on some level, though. Like I even the people who Jim have Benning, an official probably. Twitter, yeah. Even the people who have an official Twitter also probably have a burner Twitter on top. I of think it. I think Jim Benning was still on Nexopia probably <laughs> while he was GM. <laughs> well, speaking of Twitter, this is a good segue into something that did happen recently with the Canucks. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev is out for the rest of the year. He's getting a. Uh, ACL surgery, or he had a partially torn ACL, which he did yeah. in the preseason. Which, which Frank Saravelli, thirty-four-year-old <laughs> Frank Saravelli, was correct about. So, yeah, how funny was like the preseason? Because I remember like watching some of those games, and I'm like, oh, they look like really bad. And then the ones that I didn't watch, they just they kept on losing, and they won that last one against Edmonton. But it's always well, preseason doesn't matter. It kind of lo- it gave us a really good indication of what was going to happen next day. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it was one of those things where in, in the back of my head, and Justin, I don't know if you were the same as me and Aaron, but we were like sort of semi-excited for this year. And I think it was just kind of out of like, it was just because it's the last decade has just been so exhausting. And it was kind of like, look, we have to kind of accept what this team is. They're going to try and make the playoffs and probably just miss. But like, let's cheer for that because that's like all we can cheer for. And it was just like so much worse than I imagined. But I, I looked at the preseason as like, Oh, yeah, it's not a great sign, but it's still it's just the preseason, like whatever, you know? Yeah. 
but I think it was a very good sign. I, I'm kind of also of the mind of coming into this year, there was a lot of reason to believe that it could be fun at the very least, right? Yes. Like, yeah. yeah not, not like a good team necessarily, but like, oh, maybe they'll make the playoffs as like a seventh or eighth seed and like kind of be the underdog, obviously, but it, it, they, have, they have fun players to cheer for and everything. Um, and then obviously. And, and yeah, like <laughs> we've know, seen the results. Adding Kuzmenko and Mikheyev <laughs> to that forward group, thinking that kind of, you know, Huglander and Pod Colson would still be here this season. You you look at what they were doing offensively yeah. down the stretch last year and can kind of convince yourself, well, they should have a loaded top nine at the very least. And it looks like they've gone mm-hmm. out and got the pieces to have like an actual NHL caliber fourth line to do some mucking and penalty killing as well. But, you know, the penalty killer also, again, historically yeah. terrible It's It's year. somehow worse than last year. <laughs> How is that possible that it's worse than the year? Like, it was the worst penalty kill I've ever <laughs> seen last season. And it's somehow worse this year. Like, it just makes no sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, if we, you know, we've, we've talked plenty on the show about <laughs> our, our expectations well, for this season. The thing is that, and, like, like, a lot of the guys <laughs> offensively have lived up to the expectations. career years. Yeah. Pedersen's <laughs> going to get over 100 points, probably. Hughes, Hughes is going to get, you know, close to a point per game as a defenseman. Yeah, like, Bo Horvat, obviously, goals, he's hopefully going to get traded. 77 assists, right? Yeah, Bo like, Horvat's going to score 50. Like, it's, it's JT so, Miller regressed and is still going to be about exactly. a point per game, right? Yeah. Like, these are all things that if you even, told me even it in Besser, off, like, <laughs> Besser's on, on pace for, like, 60 points, which is, like, not great, but that's still, like, a bounce yeah. back for him, I feel like. And yeah, like, you'd, yeah. you'd say that it, would be disappointing if you told me that in August for Besser, but everything else, you're like, all right, we're going yeah. to lose in the first round to the first place team in the Western Conference, the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche, which yeah. you also would have been wrong about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, they're just, I mean... The Canucks, obviously, if, 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 you know, you guys have been Canucks fans for a long time, uh, a lot of our listeners have, and I, I think, you know, you, you always, they're always going to disappoint you in new and exciting ways. And I think this year is just like, this is their best work yet. I think they've, they've done a, a great job, uh, being very, very disappointed, uh, a, a very disappointing team. But I, I will say, um, going back to the McKayev thing, which we should get into the one, I mean, I don't. I think it's definitely overblown uh, on Twitter. I think part of it is like the Pearson stuff happened, and then this happened. Yeah, this is we're like already we're already wounded. But this seems to me like it was handled pretty much correctly. Um, you know, Mikheyev was okay with it. The the three doctors were okay with it. The team was okay with it. His agent was okay with it. It's possible to play on a, on an ACL injury like that and just delay the surgery. Obviously, it would have been nice to just have him out at the start of the season and just like, you know, tank harder the rest of the year, but that wasn't going to happen. So, um, I don't know. I don't think it's as big of a deal as people. I mean, I, I get not giving this team the benefit of the doubt because they haven't earned it yeah. at all, but this does seem like one of those things where it's like a perfect storm of like, Oh, the team has been like really shitty, really poorly run. They've already had one injury problem this year that was like really poorly handled. And then this happened, but I think it's, it came as a surprise to everyone, obviously, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I do think the pause, the one big positive out of it, uh, and I think you guys will agree with me on this, is that it seems like because they're shutting him down now, this is the first time in like a decade, this is the first time since like Mike Gillis where the management is acknowledging, hey, we're not making the playoffs this year. This team sucks. That, we're, we're not going to make the playoffs this year. That was wild. Like, I, I think I said this in our Discord, but like, 
you watch the Alvin press conference, which was weirdly scheduled for like 10 p.m. on a yeah. <laughs> on a Friday night. I think probably but, because of the McKay. Well, thing, has they yeah, anybody ever down. seen that before? Ever? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> 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 really? Well, I think everyone thought it was going to be a trade or yeah. something. Like, yeah, that, a, a scheduling a post game press conference, uh, like other than to announce that the coach has immediately been fired after the game that right? was just played. That's n- I can't. That's never happened before, and it's such a weird thing to do too because. They're, they've been really stingy with media this year in terms of who they're letting in the building, right? The J-Pat thing has been kind yeah. of a scandal off the ice that they're treating. They haven't let in Harmon yeah. as they're, well. They're only letting yeah. outlets send one person per night, basically. So even if you are an accredited outlet, you, you're not sending multiple writers to the game like you know a newspaper would have back in the day, so on, etc. Yeah. You So then you're saying that you're going to hold two press availabilities at the same time because Alvin is going to take the podium at the exact same time that the players are being made available for post-game comments in the dressing room, right? Like, yeah. It, no, well, I, I, I think it, if you actually, if you watch the, the Rick talk at uh, um, the video that the Canucks posted after that game where he's like talking to the players, you can see written behind him on the whiteboard, uh, hey, Alvin is is doing a media availability right after the game, so you guys are gonna have to like stick around for longer to talk to the media afterwards. <laughs> Just like on the whiteboard there. So yeah, I mean so, it was very this this team has never done anything normally, right? Now but, is the reasoning for that them just being um passive aggressive towards the media in Vancouver? Cause apparently it's their fault that uh Boudreaux got fired in the way that he was. Or, I have to imagine that uh, I mean, I think my guess is that plays a huge role, and it's kind of like, oh, but it's also like uh, also, because of like COVID and stuff too, you know. Like, the, think of the way the Pearson right? press conference just went like two weeks ago, right? That was a press conference that was set up, yeah, specifically to talk about one medical issue in particular that wound up just going completely off the rails and being an absolutely wild. They press knew what they were walking right? into, but right? by the end of that thing, is anybody even thinking about Tanner Pearson at all? You know. <laughs> no, so, not at all. No. <laughs> so I guess it yeah, accomplished they, its they goal there. Divide and conquer the media by sending as many as are writing game stories into the locker room to get their player quotes, I guess, while Alvin can deliver a succinct telling of the message that they actually want to get out and then probably wrap it up real quick. I don't know. I have I didn't see the full presser yet. I don't know how heavy the, the... I, I watched I watched the first half of it. And uh, there's a point in it where I guess this is what I was talking about before we got off onto that tangent. But <laughs> uh, Alvin said, like, they asked something about, like, not rebuilding, but uh, is, is this, you know, you know that you're not going to make the play? Or is the goal against the playoffs? He's like, well, look, we're 27th in the league and our underlying numbers are bad as well. And just to hear someone from Canucks management like actually admit that they're not going to try and miraculously make the playoffs when that's they're like the in twenty seventh so at the end of January. I I, like, I couldn't right. believe it. In terms of something a Canucks GM has done, like that's the most maybe not maybe excited is the wrong word, but but I think like you know when Benning traded Hanson and Burroughs, right? Um, or or when yeah when Gillis went on the radio and just said the team needed to rebuild when even when Tortorella said the team was stale needed to re- rebuild like we haven't had that for so long like it, we haven't had any sort of like lean towards rebuilding and I you know obviously it's all going to come down to what happens at the deadline and what happens in the offseason and like this Horvat trade is the most important trade in franchise history probably I would say right now <laughs> and they have to get it right but and this again 
this is something we've talked about before is that they do always say the right thing a lot of the time, right? This management group seems to say the right thing a lot. But this is one where they are kind of backing it up with their actions, it seems like. They're shutting down Mikheyev. Um, you know, I, I think they're probably going to at some point call up Hoaglander and Pod Colson if either one or both of them. I, I don't know, um, man. I, at this stage of the season, if you have nothing really to play for, why would you yeah. not continue what your plan was with them and that's let them play first line minutes and kind of tear it up in the AHL. I guess yeah. that's a good, yeah, and they I have been a good tearing point, it up but more. I, I'm, I'm who very are, who firmly would they call on up, the though? team of like leave them down. Like yeah. Linus Carlson. Like, oh, I guess you uh, can do that, Carlson, yeah. In that same uh, availability, he also name-dropped Alvin did. It was Arshdeep Baines, Baines and Klimovich. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, let them have their cup of coffee too. Why not? I think it'll be one of those things where like after the... Well, I feel like they'll need to call someone up because they lost Peterson and obviously McKayev's out. So I think they'll need to call someone also up. Also very sure, funny. But that Peterson that move funny, is so yeah. quizzical too, right? Because why would you do that if you're not uh, like preparing yourself to make a trade you're you're making room for I think something or did they just like yeah. you know they're already in ltir like cap relief so putting him down on the farm doesn't I think save it, any money over the all-star break i think part of it is like i drance posted about this but i i think it's one of those things where like yeah if you get him down there that's great obviously he can he can play with the in the ahl with the with the canucks uh during this break yeah get a few um, games in but if you lose him it's like well you know, he was kind of a nice little story. He was he was playing pretty well for uh, like a throw in on that mm-hmm. trade, but he also had, I believe, a one way contract, and it's just like a it's like a contract spot. It's right? a roster so, spot, yeah. yeah. It's a roster spot and a contract spot. So, I mean, I do think they are going to make some trades, obviously. So, they're part of it is like that. Part of it is, yeah, the the contract spot. But yeah, Peterson. Um, I mean, it was it was very funny that Columbus picks him up right yeah, after, like yeah. after he played on the, the top them. line. He gets, yeah. He's Spends practice yeah. on the top line, then gets put on waivers, then plays against the team that claims him the very next morning. Like, yeah, very. I mean, very Canucks. <laughs> the strangest of sequence um, of events. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I mean, they'll have to call. I assume they'll have to call one person up, um, just just to replace McKay and, and Peterson. Yeah, because I mean, Lockwood is on IR now. He's, he's concussion. Too, I think. Yeah, that was another thing from that presser. Like Alvin did confirm that he's concussion protocol, which we might have known already. Yeah, and I, I think that they sent uh, G. Giuseppe is down as well. He's right? down as well. So I, I feel like one of I think I could see them bring up Hoaglander and Pod Colson and giving them lots of ice time at this point. Hopefully, like putting them on one of the first or second lines. I do agree that like obviously they're doing great down there, and like it does seem like Jeremy Colleton and like it is nice to have a minor league team that is doing quite well, where it seems like players are having fun and they're developing. Klimovich looks great. Uh, Colleton seems like he's doing a great job. So. I, I, yeah. I, there's an argument both ways, I think, but I also feel like, you know, part of the thing with Boudreaux was that management didn't seem to like his handling of the young players in the first place. So maybe mm-hmm. with talk it, they're going to be like, Hey, if, if we call up Hoaglander, if we call up Pod Colson, we want you playing them a lot. You know, they're going to make mistakes. But we want you playing them a lot. Right. So well, and it seemed like Boudreaux's philosophy when things were going wrong, which they often were obviously <laughs> pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Was, was to lean on his vets to try and get him out of, the issues right yeah. like and that included jt miller a lot of the time which is probably not the right decision <laughs> a lot of the time yeah. but you know like travis green loved nils huglander yeah. uh played him a lot as even as a rookie like 
you know, not, didn't have Pod Colson for too long before he was let go, I guess. And and Pod Colson did get a pretty fair chance, it seemed like. Hey, it like 14 goals a, last year. In the first Boudreaux year, yeah. That, but that yeah, big uh, JT, Pod Colson, and uh, the guy with the French last name, that power play specialist, was it escaping me. Oh, shit. You know the I guy. Like, <laughs> you all know I, him. Yeah. <laughs> Are we forgetting a player's? Oh, uh, uh, fuck, uh, Chase on. Yeah, Alex uh, Chase yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, I forgot he played for the down last the stretch year. last year. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah, that's yeah. damning for Chase on. I'm sorry, brother. Sorry, yeah. I, I, is, is he in the NHL this year, or is he playing? Uh, here? I don't De- think so. I want to say he's got, playing in like Switzerland or something. Got to try right? out somewhere for sure. Let me look that up right now. Yeah, I mean, well, remember that was not. I wouldn't say a controversy, but it was definitely a point of discussion over the summer. It's like, should the Canucks bring back Chase on? He played so oh, well down the he's, stretch. He's, he's playing for the Grand Rapids Griffins yes. of the AHL. So I, I assume that's Detroit's uh, minor league team. But speaking yes. of Detroit, Stefan, have you heard the rumored? Like if Lane Peterson getting waived was to make room for bringing players back in a Bo Horvat trade, because they are apparently yeah. demanding that they do get roster players back <sighs> in a Bo Horvat yeah. trade, which that's that's it was apparently reported with Luke Shen as well. What playoff team is going to say I, that makes no yes, sense? I'm to going me. to take yeah. a piece off of my roster and give it to you in exchange for Luke Shen. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. I mean, I think <laughs> if you're if you're getting a roster piece for Luke Shen, it's going to be like a 23 year old. <sighs> Like AHL tweener who has like draft but pedigree, you know what I mean? NH- like a like a Linden Vay, basically. One of the NHL roster players that they're reportedly looking at bringing back I in a Bo Horvat trade, though, is yeah. former uh, Real Good Show Lost episode guest Michael Rasmussen. <laughs> oh boy! I mean, uh, so I think he seems like he's like he is like a full time NHL player now, which is awesome. I don't think he's like it seems he's not like a really like offensive player, but he's young enough. He's big. Like, he is, like, a solid player, but I don't necessarily like that as, like, a centerpiece oh, for yeah, a Horvat no. deal. You know what it, I mean? It can't be the centerpiece. If he comes back, it's, like, If you're getting Michael Rasmussen, and you need to get you a, need first a first round well. pick. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Um, I mean, I would love one of Casper or Edvinson, but I, if you're doing that, that's, like, that's the big chip. You're probably doing, like, if it's Casper for Horvat, if that is happening, and I don't think it will, because I think Detroit likes Casper too much, but yeah. if it is something like Casper for Horvat, it's almost going to just be like a one for one thing, or like Casper and like a mid round pick, and Horvat has to be re signed. But I just don't, I can't see them trading Casper or Edvinson as much as I would like yeah. them to. But they have um, that other Swedish guy, William Wallander. Who looks pretty good, um, but I just don't want it to be like you know Joe Valeno, Michael Rasmussen, like a second rounder, right? Like Philip Ronick looks good too. He's got nine too, goals but... and twenty four points in forty six games this year. So, yeah, yeah, and you know he's he's a big guy, obviously. Like I, I think he is like a good NHL player, but like again, I don't think that can be the centerpiece of. Uh, I mean, of this any team Bo would Horvath need a center, team, right? Like, yeah, in, in, with going forward without Bo, um, and oh yeah, Rasmussen centering the third line, like that's acceptable to me i think but it's also not the funny end of the you... world like yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's a fine throw in right like as a not centerpiece but if somehow that was the centerpiece for oh, the Horvat trade like yeah. i'm done yeah yeah but i mean it wouldn't it wouldn't if... be as bad as the Bo- like the boston rumors are much much worse than the, at least at least detroit has like you know, players and picks and, and prospects and stuff. But the Boston rumors are really worrying to me where it's going to be like what Brandon Carlo, who's like a good defenseman, but he's 26 years old, 
has had multiple concussions. Like it's just that's also really the bad Bruins target. are just scary uh, good and this year. They're already even without making mass yeah. moves at the deadline, like a monster. They just suffered their sixth regulation loss of the season the other night. Forty eight. <laughs> the first games time they've lost two in a row. Year, yeah. Their sixth regulation yeah. loss. Yeah, like. If you add yeah, Bo Horvat to so that good. team and I, I have to watch them win a Stanley Cup this year, I will puke. <laughs> I, will, I will be so upset by that. That is like one of the worst outcomes I can imagine at the deadline for Bo. I I think, yeah, I mean, I think with, with the Boston deal, like it's got to be, it would be like what Brandon Carlo, Fabian Lysel, who's like whatever, but another winger prospect. And then, I mean, I th- <laughs> there you go. Former Vancouver giant. I think you'd have to get their 2024 first because yeah. this year's first is not going to be worth anything. And you have to gamble on them, you know, maybe falling down to earth a little bit the year after if like Bergeron, like if they want a cup and like Bergeron and Krejci retire, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's then, a big hole to fill. And, so and Bo's like one C then. Yeah. I, you could bet. The other so thing that's, was, that's the hope, but the other I, thing I just going don't, back to don't the Red to Wings is, they have Dylan Larkin, who I think when you're building a team is a very uh, similar player where it's like they're not a number one center. But if they're your number two center behind someone that's really good, you're like, all right, I like this. I guess similar to like a Krejci, right? Yeah. Um, so like, would they be trading for Bo Horvat as a replacement for Larkin? Or would they be trading it like to try and get that as their one-two punch, and then they're also going to give Larkin a bunch of money? I don't, I, yeah, really I don't know understand what their the situation there. is. Yeah, I, I, it's it's here's, interesting. Here's something funny. I was listening to Puck Soup earlier today when I was at the gym, and they brought like the t- Horvat to Red Wings rumors up, and an idea they floated is what if the, they just trade Larkin for Horvat straight up, both with extensions in place. That would be really funny. <laughs> and then the Canucks can justify it as like, well, he is like two years younger. So we did get yeah. younger in this trade. I mean, there are worse moves they could make to be honest. So yeah, it wouldn't I, make, I don't mind that. Yeah. <laughs> I, the, the move I've been like trying to manifest into reality is a one for one deal with the Kraken to bring Jared McCann home. Oh my God. Because yeah. Not yeah. only is that so funny. <laughs> Not only is that the most hilarious move they could possibly make to trade their captain to bring back a guy that they could have had all along for their own pick that they already used on him. Uh, But like fundamentally, I believe that would make the team better at five on five. Also like McCann, like Horvat is uh, been awesome over the last year and a bit. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of that is coming on the power play. And yeah. like I don't know how much of his five on five struggles are stapled to are like attached to the fact that he's been stapled to uh, JT Miller a lot at even strength as well. So mm-hmm. maybe that is a factor in as well. But regardless, like Jared McCann's that like 23, 24 goals at this point in the season for Seattle. Obviously the Kraken are very good, but like <laughs> that would be a good piece coming back the other way, even <laughs> if there were no other attachments involved, no other throw ins. I would yeah. feel pretty satisfied with that return. Larkin, yeah, I mean, I it's not the worst thing they could do, definitely. I yeah. I, I just I just want them to do something. I wanna have a trade where I can be like, oh, I wanna look into this prospect. Oh, we got another pick. I can I can see, you know, some potential players they're gonna pick this year. Like I wanna get excited for that. I've been doing that all year for the Keeper League and a little bit for the Canucks. And I want to do it a lot for the Canucks. You know what I mean? I want to get hyped up on prospects. I want to get hyped up on young players. I don't want to get hyped up on fucking Brandon Carlo. Yeah. Man, no one's the, getting hyped up on Brandon Carlo. Yeah. Back to the the Jared McCann thing. It would be incredibly Canucks.
talks to because he's like a left winger. He signed for $5 million. After this year, a no movement clause kicks in for the next four. So it would just be them acquiring like another scoring winger, which would be incredibly <laughs> funny. Like if it was that and like, you know, Seattle's first round pick or something, I could. Well, I just think I want that to happen because it's funny, but I, I don't think you could do a straight one for one deal there. Yeah, the Shane Wright thing seems like it's off the table. I don't think that was ever yeah, an option. I think Shane that was just Bucci Gross was, yeah. throwing some shit out there. I do want to say I looked up uh, uh, Pod Colson on Hoglander or Hoglander on on Twitter just to see if there were like any uh, updates on them. And Ryan Johnson said on Friday that they want them to stay in the AHL. Yeah. Um, obviously, things can change with this team uh, mm. pretty quick. I but mean, it seems like that's what's happening. So maybe they'll call up like I don't know Justin Dowling or something. But uh, yeah, it's it's that's I think that is probably the yeah. right move. Speaking um, of just keep them down there tearing it up. Speaking of so. Detroit, like that was the Detroit model when the wings were great forever. Like, you know, yeah. they would keep all of their guys in the AHL until they were like 23, 24, and they'd come in and be fully formed yeah. NHLers ready to go at that point. And I think that's kind of mm-hmm. what the Pittsburgh Penguins were able to do under Rutherford as well, where you have oh, all these yeah, guys. Yeah, they would always call some fucking random exactly. guy. You've never yeah. heard yeah. of them before, and then suddenly they're lighting up your team and they're staples in the NHL for the next 10 years afterwards, right? Like, how many times yeah. did we see that with the Penguins? So, Well, Klimovich seems like he could be that type of he's player, He's starting to right? turn like it around he, lately. He looked like a lost cause. He looks mm-hmm. cool. A lost like, cause until recently. But man. Yeah, like, the, move, the moves he's making, like like that almost goal he scored, and obviously he is, he's getting a lot of points as well, but he just he seems like a really fun player, and I really like... I mean, look, that was a Jim Banning pick, um, but that's, that was an example of, like, that's the right strategy because they didn't have their first that year for whatever reason. We don't have to go into it. Um, so he was their top pick that year in, this, in the second round, and it's like, that's what you should be doing with those, with those later picks is just go full ceiling. Go for the high ceiling players. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a risky pick. It's I like the idea of taking Belarus. a swing. Yeah, I like. I'd prefer it when it's taking a swing on a player that you you're not super high on because you saw him at a tournament. But yeah. like, <laughs> the idea of going for like the higher potential is something that I I like. But yeah. I guess, do, do you think they did that with like Aramaki? I think so. I mean, that was. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't necessarily need more winger prospects, but I think that was still the right pick at the time, and I th- I think that. He's been playing better recently. I think that pick can still work out. It's you know it's still early. Obviously, it hasn't. It's not trending in the right direction necessarily. But he's had mono for a year, and um, I don't know. I think you should give it a little bit of time. But I I like that's one. That's a pick where I like the idea behind it. I like the process behind it. You know what I mean? Same with like you know going back years, but like the Jordan Schrader pick, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't work out, but like I would. That's the right. That's the right decision to make. That was completely the right logic and the right process behind that pick. Right. So if you keep, you know, having the right process, eventually it'll, it'll work. I mean, it out doesn't even right? have to be your first round pick necessarily. Right. Like you, like no. think about how excited this fan base got over Petrus Palmu and the fact that they actually oh took like God. a yeah. dynamic skilled player in whatever round he was taken. in. I think like the fifth or sixth, Instead of like, yeah. you know, how many times have we had to see them draft like a Mackenzie Stewart or like just the oh, kind of player God. that you can pick up on waivers for Stewart. free at any given time <laughs> instead of, you know, trying to pick something that you can't find uh, 
just about. I would everywhere. say Mackenzie Stewart was actually like not good enough to ever be in a position where he would be on any <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> but I mean, like the optimal yeah. Mackenzie Stewart is just some yeah. guy who you could grab on waivers at any day of the week over the course of the regular season. You, you know, what pick still this pick still kills me, and and we've talked about this draft class on on the show before, but the 2007 draft class with Patrick White. And then the Patrick White pick was bad enough. It was right Taylor the Perron, Duke Ellington. The, uh, hmm. Holy <laughs> shit. Because that was like 35th or 36th overall, early second rounder. I remember waking up early. Ellington, the next I think, yeah. was 33rd like, back then it was, or something like that. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think you could be right. Like it was just outside and he the was first ahead but, like, of PK I Subban. remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just remember, like, and especially back then, trying to. You know, obviously, it doesn't doesn't compare to like you know the seventies or eighties or whatever. But you know, back in like the the early to mid two thousands, it was like tough to track uh, like draft moves like that. Like there was not necessarily like the NHL Network wasn't like showing it like live the whole time, right? So you'd have mm-hmm. to just keep refreshing like message boards or like the official yeah, NHL no, website. It, I was and it going would take to forever to update that draft. I specifically remember like going to HF boards and seeing the different threads on like Taylor Ellington. And then like, I didn't know shit. So I was like, all right, big defenseman. This could be all right. All right. This is great. I love it. And I mean, I was also Ugh. 17 at the time, but yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I'm like, looking at his, uh, Oh boy. I'm looking at his numbers right now. So, Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit! So do you want to know? Do you want to know what his stat line was the hmm. year he was drafted? Would love to. I mean, this is oh, good lord. <laughs> so, I mean, this is okay. Uh, he played uh, sixty games that year in the WHL for the Everett Silver Tips. Would you guys like to guess how many points he had? Remember, he's a defenseman. Um, but but he was picked yeah thirty third overall. Was it like round. something like incredibly low, like nine points? 13 points, something like that. Uh, yeah, I was going to guess uh, 13. 13 is correct. Wow. <laughs> he Woo! had five goals and eight assists. Uh, <laughs> although the next year he had 14 points in 48 games. So, okay. And then in 2008, 2009, um, always a great sign, by the way, when you're, when you're a second round pick. Uh, it takes two extra years in the WHL. He had 32 points in 69 games. So, so pretty good. Uh, ECHL, 14 points in 48 games in his first year in the ECHL. Uh, he played, looks like, 21 games in the AHL uh, for a grand total of five points. Um, and then his last year playing hockey was in uh, Denmark. Yeah. 18 points in 38 games in 2013-14. So, uh, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy. So, you know, I'm another sure he's doing player- fine, but what a, what a horrible pick that I, was. I Holy scrolled shit. through that draft in the seventh round. I, I don't know why, I, as like a kid, I decided to get excited about Dan Gender. Spelt with a U at the end. I, you remember I, that guy? Because he was like yeah, scoring a lot in the WHL, right? You're, you're uh, gender curious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, I think, yeah, because the year after he got drafted, uh, yeah, his draft plus one year, he scored like 84 points in 60 it's, WHL games. It's because he, he then, wound up going to the same university as Patrick White, and I believe outscored him uh, as a university prospect as well. Well, no, I, he, look, he was no, WHL, I'm, I think. I'm looking yeah. at his, yeah, I'm looking Who at his, 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 his IMDB, uh, his hockey DB. Oh, oh Taylor Matson. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of Taylor Matson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but uh, holy shit. No, Dan Gender went on to play for some teams such as the Rio Grande Valley Killer Bees in oh the CHL, uh, which I don't know which. 
Oh, the Central Hockey League. Right, right, right. That's like a competing one to the ECHL. Um, the Orlando Solar Bears, uh, the Evansville Icemen. And then his last season of uh, like hockey was at the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology, where I'm currently going. I'm just looking at the draft and like it was a pretty it was not a horrible draft. Um, obviously, Patrick Kane first overall. Jamie Benn in the fifth round. Um, you, you know, David Perron, Max Pacioretty, Voracek, Couture, Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, P.K. Subban in the second round. Wayne Simmons in the second round. With, I believe, and I think we've talked about this too, the pick the Canucks gave them for, wow, I think Brent Sopel, I want to say. Uh, no, it might have been uh, the hiring of Mark Crawford. Because because if you look, Los Angeles selects Wayne Simmons with the 61st selection at the time at a time when there were still only uh, 30 teams in the league. Right. So they would have inserted an extra second round pick. And I think that was still in the era where you got compensated if somebody hired a fired coach away from you. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was it was the Brent Sobel trade. But I think there was because Crawford hired Crawford got hired from Vancouver to LA, right? So Vancouver yeah, yeah, would have I think they traded that pick that oh, they got from LA back to, to them. I oh, believe. that makes sense then. Yeah. So so if that's the case, yeah. It was in the Sopel trade though, which is anyways, yeah. that, that was Wayne Simmons. But Spe- speaking yeah. of Brent Sopel, um I oh, just boy. that that probably <laughs> looking at his uh, that probably a look at his Twitter feed and oh. ten minutes ago he replied to the uh Zegris thing with Troy Stetcher. Okay. And he just said uh curb stomp. Okay. Fair enough. That's maybe and, not what and, I would and do. He, and he but. also said, um, with respect to the uh, the Jim Rutherford like press conference where he said he needed to zip it, uh, which was one week ago today. It feels like feels like longer. But he yeah. said, Rutherford, you lying and coward. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and uh. then but the, then again, he's also replying to Andrew Walker saying, "Please tell me you're kidding that he missed a game because his dog died." So. Man, which Sobel turned out to be that his wife gave birth, right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think also the dog, the dog died too, so it was like a combination. Yeah, of two, a very sure, emotional but... couple of days. Yeah, and it's uh, very like I'm. I'm going to take Brent Sopel down a peg here. He's always like very vocal about mental health in sports and being a mental yeah. health advocate, and then you're going to get upset about someone for like not playing a, a regular season game for the fucking Vancouver Canucks when you've yeah. had a personal trauma. Get lost, man. You can't 44 games pick and into choose. this season also. Right? Yeah. Come on. Who, who cares? Uh, man, I'm, I'm still on the 2007 entry draft, which one of the worst in the history of the NHL. Um, I'd be interested to see, and this is maybe, this would be a fun project, but to go through... Uh, you know, various old draft classes and just see how many there are where, where teams got zero NHL games out of them. Um, because this is one of them. Um, oh, but nice. it was Pat, Patrick White, Taylor Ellington, Charles Antoine Messier, Ilya Kablukov, Kablukov, <laughs> cool yep. name, uh, Taylor Matson, and Dan Gender. Um, Man, that was a bad, that was a really bad. I think Taylor Matson was, people were excited for him for a little bit too. I think you're right, Justin. Or at least it was like oh, a man. curiosity that he winds up as a sixth round pick going to the same school as Patrick White and outproduces yeah. him in college. Who were, um, who were some other, this is, this is getting into remembering some guys territory, but, <laughs> but who were some, uh, Canucks late rounders that you guys were maybe, and, and, 
they either never played a game for the team or they only played like three or four. But who are some late rounders that you guys remember being excited for? Because uh, for me, one of them, just going off like message board posts, was Daniel Rafi. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he could be somebody in this league yeah. for sure. I need to like look at... Uh, he's still playing today really? in Sweden. Like He's had a long career in Sweden. I remember being very invested in uh, a sixth round pick of the team in the 2004 draft, taking 189th overall. A goalie oh, yeah. taken from the Quebec League, the Shawnigan Cataracts, Julian Ellis Plant. I remember being mm. extremely uh, yeah. invested in thinking that he was somehow going to make it to the NHL level, which uh, played some games for the Moose in the AHL in uh, 2007 through 2009, 2006 through 2009, but uh, yeah. mostly was an ECHL guy, and I- uh, yeah, that did not... I've, I've got mine out at all. He he was a guy though who got invited. He was like the third goalie at Team Canada camps in his uh, generation of World oh, Juniors World players. Juniors? Yeah, and that yeah. was a big reason why I was thinking, well, if Team Canada sees something in this guy, then he's got to be for real. But also, yeah, I was uh, yeah. This was 2004. I would have been in like late high school, so you know. Yeah, yeah. Mario Bliznak. Because I was oh, playing yeah. NHL. Yeah, I was, and I was playing NHL 2005, and I think he like. There was somehow I was able to get him on my team, and I like I juiced him up as I was playing for the Canucks. I was like, "Oh yeah, this guy can be a star in this league." Yeah. Well, similar reasoning uh, for me also, Kevin Connaughton, because he was also a double Vancouverite drafted by the Canucks, playing for the Giants. So you could go who, watch who him at on least a regular had like basis, a, and he did have a he good had a NHL half career. decent career. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Um. Another guy. Do you guys remember Mats Froshog, the Norwegian guy? No. <laughs> Oh, I remember being excited for him just because he was Norwegian. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And uh, just looking at his hockey DB, uh, there was not much to be excited for. So I don't know what I was doing. Another goalie, you guys remember Joe Canada? Yes. Or Canada? Was it Joe Canada? (laughs) Joe Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Yeah, I remember that for sure. Oh, Anton Rodin, obviously. Do you remember, oh, do you remember yeah, the, that, there's a classic. The, the summer of uh, like the prospects camp where it was a huge deal that one of the Swedish defensemen who came over just absolutely murdered the medicine balls, like left a smoking hole in one oh. of them. I can't, it might have been Anton Cederholm or Henrik yes, Tamernes, one of those two guys. It was it was Cederholm because he was like so jacked, I remember. Oh, my God. Anton Cederholm. And, and, yeah, what a great and just name, like too. Daniel Rahimi, like you convince yourself, oh, look at his brute strength. This will surely translate to uh, being a great NHL I mean, player, which doesn't happen all the if time. You, if you look at him, he's like a big, tough looking guy, too. Um, man, I remember being excited. Remember Miles Liberati? Like Cole Castles. Cole Castles. Remember Cole, Cole Castles? Castles shut down Connor McDavid. I was about to say he shut down Connor McDavid in like the playoffs in the in the OHL for like one or two games and, and people went completely nuts for him. Oh my god. I'm just man, there are really some holy shit, there are some uh there are some names here that I oh god. Ludwig Blomstrand, uh Patrick Westerholm. Yeah, Henrik Tamarinez, I feel like people were hyped on for whatever reason. Probably too. similar um, big guy. And also anytime the Canucks draft a Swede, it's always like Oh, is this the next yeah. Thomas Gradine yeah. strikes again? Well, do you remember this is this is not a player they drafted ever? But do you remember? And this was maybe a Canucks.com thing or or like an early HF boards mm-hmm. thing. But 
every offseason player uh, fans would be like, oh, the Canucks need to get Matthias Weinhandel over here to play <laughs> yeah. with the Sedins. Yeah. <laughs> he was with the Islanders and, yes, would play yeah. with the Sedins in international hockey. And there was one guy in particular yeah. on uh, the Canucks.com forums who was just obsessed with him. Can't remember who. Oh. Way, way, way let me, back let me look up. Let me look up Weinhandel here. Yeah. So he he played... He did, yeah. He played like five years in the NHL, um, and he had you know fifty six points in one hundred eighty two games. So not not like I remember horrible, him being obviously. good in that era I think of it, uh, the video game, also, which might have been like NHL two thousand two yes. two thousand three around then. Yeah, and he also played for Moto, so I think he played with the Sedins uh, in Moto as well. Um, but yeah, I remember. Oh, that's another. I mean, that's a whole other wormhole we could go down. Is players who were like insane in like NHL 2003 yes. franchise mode. <laughs> Holy Brandon shit. Brandon Reed, baby. Brand- Lucas Krychek. I mean, talking about ex-Canucks, but Lucas Krychek in NHL 2003 was like the best There's defenseman There's one, uh, in the game. Marius Tchaikovsky <laughs> was just crazy good also. Yeah. Around that era of NHL. God, there was... Okay, I need to look up the, the New York Islanders draft history because this they had a couple players... I'm I'm loving that this is what this <laughs> I do, episode I do is want right to now. circle this back so and talk about Mikheyev in a little bit, but we can keep going with this for now. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're we're getting to it. While yeah. you're looking that up, Steph, in the Canucks 2002 draft, they got one NHL game played, and it was from goaltender Rob McVicker, well, who oh, came in and played that three RJ minutes. Umberger is that draft right, or is that 2001? No, mm. uh, this this was when the Canucks got Kirill okay. Koltsov. Who's going to be oh, the yeah. next big Who thing still... in the second round? And then also Dennis Gr- Dennis Grodd. <laughs> the thing about Kirill Koltsov is that he was still listed internally as a prospect for like 15 <laughs> years. He was never taken for... off the website or yeah. like even the player sheets that they would get at uh, at the prospects camp in Penticton. And, uh, yeah, is crazy. It, it looks he had a very successful KHL career. Retired in 2019 after playing. Uh, between the RSL that then turned into the KHL, like 800 combined games and like just it's under 400 points. 2001. Could have been I somebody. Think. Must be. Uh, yeah, it was. I'm on the uh, I'm on the hockey DB for the 2002 NHL draft and just going through some names here where it's like I remember getting hyped up for these guys specifically because of like NHL 2003 2004 around then. <laughs> uh, Tim Conboy, I remember him. Uh, God, uh, Staffan Cronwall, <laughs> Jeff Duran Delorier, the goalie for Edmonton. Um, let's see. Oh man. Tom Coivisto, David Lenevu. Uh, oh man. There, there's so, has, I can't believe I remember these fucking has names. This for a hypothetical. What if, all right. What if the Canucks actually do sign and keep RJ Umberger and he doesn't get into this battle of egos with Brian Burke, which is completely absurd it's absolutely wild you guys remember like the media coverage around that time oh yeah yeah it was a they cancer were, yeah. and, every, and yeah. burke had like all of the guys in his pocket save for maybe tony gallagher who was able to identify that it was ridiculous for the team to piss away <laughs> their 16th overall pick over a battle of egos with uh the general manager who then turned around and gave ryan kessler on a contract Everything that Umberger had asked for, despite being picked later in yeah. the draft, and that one guy was being insanely demanding, he gave Kessler that contract. Although that like, did out work out. Yeah, fairness. but RJ Umberger was also a very good player. Yeah. Here's my hypothetical: Imagine oh, yeah. they sign yeah. him, 
And he stays with the Canucks for the better part of his early career, right through 2010-2011, a season in which he scored 25 goals and 32 (laughs) assists for 57 points with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Do you think they could have used him Uh, in 2011? That would have been nice. I think that could have helped. God damn it. That would have been real good. I, I have a couple more uh, ex-Islanders prospects. One was from a bit later than 2003, but uh, one is like right in the in in the hot zone for like NHL 2003. Bruno okay. Gervais. Yes. No idea. Remember him? Uh, and th- and then another guy who, for whatever reason, was extremely hyped up too, at least in video games. Jesse Joensu, if that's how you say it, or Jesse Jonesu. J O E N S U U. He was like a Finnish winger, um, and I just remember. He, oh, fuck, he played 42 games for Edmonton in 2013-14? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, there's so much I've forgotten about these guys. But, uh, God, it's really fun remembering guys who played, like, no games in NHL and, like, not remembering when my grandmother was born, you know? <laughs> Christ. Uh, yeah, but Circle of Vets, the McKayev thing. Yeah. <laughs> the very first thing that we talked yeah. about yeah. and then quickly <laughs> We're going to wrap it up on the McKayev front here and get into yeah. the yeah. this game in well, a second. I, I just, I do feel like as much as there's people that I've talked to over the last couple days who have suffered that injury themselves or know people who have, who have said, yeah, like you can. I, I've suffered it. You can continue yeah. to use it without the surgery. And I'll, yeah. I'll tell you this, you can keep playing uh, seven aside beer league soccer two years later. Totally fine. So <laughs> <laughs> I've also heard from people who've been in contact with agents and, you know, medical professionals as well, who've said that that might be kind of telling the player what they want to hear and not stressing the potential negatives enough. And My feeling on this is, yes, it's great that they did pull the plug on Mikheyev midway through the season, 45 games in, and decided we're not making the playoffs. It's stupid to make him continue to play on this. He Mm -hmm. should just get the surgery now. Yeah, they're like 13 points behind like Calgary. I didn't realize how far back they are now, but they're they're so far back. Yeah, they're way closer to to the first overall pick than they are to making the playoffs right now. Yeah, and that's sure. not going to change really, even with a soft schedule down the stretch here. I don't really think. No. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially when they're talking about you know potentially trading Thatcher Demko right now, which oh. is yeah, I, I want to get into wild. that too. And and that seems weird to me because his well, look, I like the idea of trading Demko because I I think obviously goaltending is like total voodoo. You have Ian Clark. You know, you you can do a goaltending by committee thing, maybe. But also, if do you, you want to get, Demko, do you want to be really toxic media guys? <laughs> yeah. Because they're like when the 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 Bruce Boudreaux thing happened like a week oh, ago. There Demko's was parents. Yeah, there's there's some tweets about like people like family members and whoever was saying it said they weren't going to report them. And then I went down and not Thieberton. report, but like report on who was saying it. Yeah. But uh, it was Demko's parents was Demko's liking mom. posts about yeah. <laughs> about Aquilini and stuff. A lot and, of them were. So yeah. uh, Bruce's wife's Twitter had some utterly terrific likes as well. If you want to go look <laughs> yes. into that one. Oh yeah. Which yeah, thing? I mean, I, I think Demko you you could trade to a team like L.A. or Pittsburgh, right? Or even a team maybe like Buffalo. Like I I think the problem is right uh, now. I would you're love s- if they traded him to Buffalo. I you're, love you're Buffalo. S- I love Buffalo too. <laughs> but you're 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 selling so low on him is the big problem, obviously. But at the same time. You know, if we want this team to tear it down to some degree and and t- maybe tank the next mm-hmm. couple of years, it seems like this year they are. I don't necessarily want to say they're embracing the tank, but but they're not Trading saying Demko no to the tank. is like the tell. 
Oh, then then God, you know they've gone like nuclear if they get rid of Demko your, after everything they've starting, said about him, right? Yeah, because your goalie going forward, I mean, who's it going to be, right? Like, like that is a problem. I, I know I said goaltending is voodoo and you can goaltend by committee, but like you're still going to need yeah. someone, right? But but if the next two years are not a concern for you, that's good. That's great. And you don't want that good goaltending. You don't want goaltending covering up the problems with your team, which is what has happened the last couple of years for them. Um, well, and And you want to get young players young prospects you know so let me let me spin a conspiracy for you here though because like yeah i think it's great that they're pulling the plug on mckay of 45 games into the season but why couldn't you make the call that you weren't going to make the playoffs like seven games into oh the season? i, I yeah. like totally. playoffs have never been within reach basically right from game oh. one this year <laughs> right? no like, no argument here 100 percent. but but i and, think and when a when a guy's game is so built around speed and yeah. you've given him a pretty significant amount of money for the next what four or five years, four years after this potentially, uh, I think. Yeah, it four is year deal three or years year after deal? this one. It's four years. Three years, years after. Yeah. yeah. Uh like don't you want to let him like play to his strength? Like and not risk would, kind of hand. It would be incredibly speed. Canucks if this injury makes him like never get up to the speed that he was before he signed with the Canucks. Well, the, the wildest like, thing is even playing with a torn ACL, he's still one of the fastest guys on the team. Like, which is, I think more yeah. damning for the rest, the rest of, the of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, like we didn't, we didn't notice that he necessarily looked slower than last year because we're not used to players on this team being fast. Yeah. So yeah. even, even you, him with the ACL injury, like you said, yeah, he's one of the best skaters on the team still. But I think it was Cam Sharon did like a poll and he asked like people like Leafs fans that watched McKay of last year. Does he look weird in this clip? And it was like overwhelmingly like, yes, he's way too slow. That's that can't be McKay of. And it was obviously, but yeah, but like, let's tie all these things together because you have a medical opinion that's telling uh, Ilya McKay of, yeah, it's completely fine. Keep playing on this for half the season. We don't care. Mm -hmm. You're, you're whatever. Combine that with a Tanner Pearson situation that we kind of alluded to earlier, where he should have just had a routine surgery on his hand or his wrist or something, which wound up, I don't know, people were talking about it possibly getting infected and him having multiple different surgeries on the same uh, injury to, it, to a point where possibly... To it now being career-threatening. Exactly. Like, he might not play next year. He might not play ever again. Combine that with a Thatcher Demko injury that has somehow gone on basically twice as long as it was forecast to originally. Yeah. Is there because mm -hmm. now it's another three weeks after the break, right? Is that is what it, you're saying? I think, so. I think it was three weeks from this week. So like okay. two yeah. weeks after the break and to bring it to like a 10 week. But yeah, it was originally six weeks. So we're already way past it. And, yeah. and you just see this yeah. pattern of kind of weirdness, which is combined <laughs> with the fact that like Quinn Hughes publicly called out his, his team's own medical staff to the media and not on a pointed question, on a very routine question. Like, all PJ yeah. asked him was, like, how has it affected the room, you know, to get the news on Tanner today? He publicly was immediately able to offer that wasn't handled correctly, which you don't hear that shit from people, like, ever. Um, so, you know, there is there is something weird, I feel like, going on with Canucks Medical. And if you are Thatcher Demko... Maybe the way this is dragged on is that a negative effect on you? Like because Demko's name only started popping up in trade rumors this week. Elliot uh, had that report right yep. uh, just yeah. a few days ago. Prior to that, like he was said to be one of the three untouchables on this team, and it's funny how that circle of untouchables just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Because Bo Horvat was one of them initially. It was a group of four, right? Like 
Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be- I mean, Besser was one going back a couple of years. Like, I, you know, I think things change fast in the NHL, so it, obviously. It's the big but- tinfoil hat here thing that, like, Demko has secretly asked for a trade. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. I'm you you tie it. that back into his parents, like, liking shit about their, the, like, how the organization has failed. Um, Trade him to one of the Southern California teams. We have we have you know guys in the Discord who've been uh, putting that idea forth for a while now. Yeah, oh, the, the, trade him to LA. The Demco get, for get, Quick Plus. The, the funny get thing is of, though, get one of the defensive prospects from LA. They have so many defensive prospects. I, you know, I, trade him for like Jordan Spence and a pick or something. I just said this on an episode of Roxy Fever that I was on. That's probably going to drop at the same time as as this. But <laughs> like if doing the rounds. if you looked at the 2015 Buffalo Sabers who. Like we're trading off their goalies if they played too well, right? Like any player who played mm-hmm. too well to hurt their tank was immediately gone, including yeah. like a third string goalie that they dealt right before the deadline to run with their fourth stringer for as long as possible. Um, if the Canucks were to do that, would it really look that much different from a goalie duo of Spencer Martin and Colin Delia? No, 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 that's a that's a tanking duo right there. And like, I mean, you still see teams doing that. Like you look at a team like Chicago this year, who's like going clearly going out of their way to tank the season. Like there's no doubt about it. Um, And, you know, they call up one of their top prospects uh, in in Lucas Reichel. Right. And then he's he's, he has a huge game, uh, two goals and an assist, I think, or a goal and two assists. And and he's playing very well in, in three games up with the team and clearly belongs in NHL. And they're just like, no, sorry, See you're going ya. back down to the <laughs> AHL. It's, you're 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 fucking up the tank for us. Get out of here. Well, that happened with one of their goalies this week too, right? Because Chicago's actually not done badly results wise. I think Columbus yeah. is actually in last like, now, right? I'm pretty sure they've won like six or seven of their last ten or something crazy yeah. like that. And it's in part because uh, they had a goalie that they just played for the first time this yeah. week. He beat Calgary and had uh, picked up another win. He's played two games in the NHL and he's won them yeah. both. Yeah, Columbus is actually in last right now, then Chicago, then Anaheim, then Arizona, San Jose, and Vancouver. So, um, man, Vancouver is not they're they're so they're ten points ahead of Columbus, nine points ahead of Chicago, but like they're within striking distance of both of honestly Anaheim, Arizona, and San Jose. Like like it is it is yeah. Doable, but know? then Mont- Montreal's deaf. I think they're going to finish ahead of Montreal. Like Montreal Probably. shut down Caulfield for the season. Yeah, Montreal uh, is bad. Vancouver yeah. has a the, game the in goalie. hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the Blackhawks goalie that I was just talking about has the most WHL name of all time, which is Jackson Stauber. <laughs> and Jackson is spelled J-A-X. Yes. Oh, I was gonna yeah. ask if that was an X. Yeah. yeah oh, He's so played good. two games so far, <laughs> one against St. Louis and one against Calgary, both on the road. He's uh won them both. Really good. He made uh oh. Wonderful. Yeah, almost 29 saves in one and 34 in the other. So maybe he'll hurt their tank efforts and maybe they'll yeah. have to send him back down. The, the, the other the thing about, oh, uh, I just wanted yeah. to talk about Demko a little bit more. Like there's, yeah. he has three years left on his, like, I guess, sweetheart, $5 million deal after this season. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it depends if the management's like taking a sober look at the team or if they like genuinely believe they can turn around in two years because it looks like they're going to fritter that all away. So if you could get really good value for Demco now, it makes sense that you would trade him because I think that value is only going to go down each subsequent year left on the deal. But if they actually mean that they think they'll be competitive within two years or three years, I think it was three years that uh, Drant said and they're like, oh yeah, easy then I assume they're keeping him. 
Yeah, I just it it really comes down to not knowing what their plan is. Like, is is this year's kind of stealth tank? Is that a one off thing? And and they're writing they're rightfully writing off this year, which is very nice to see as a Canucks fan. Uh, they they don't have they don't think they're making the playoffs, which is like I cannot tell you if you're like a non Canucks fan listening to this. I know that there are a few of you, but it it is so refreshing to hear management say, oh. This team is bad and they're not making the playoffs this year because it's something we've seen for so, so long. And we've had to put up with Jim Benning, uh, you know, believing, genuinely believing that they can make the playoffs. And how many fucking trade deadlines have we been through where the Canucks are like eight points out and we're like, that's not far enough. They think they can still make the playoffs. Yeah, they'll and trade by a this, third by this deadline, deadline's, a seventh defenseman or whatever, you know? Yeah, th- this deadline is, you know, just over a month away. It's at the start of March. And, like, they're going to be, like, 12, 15 points out of the playoffs by then, probably, even with the soft schedule, I think. Yeah. So we're... And especially if they trade Horvat earlier, right? I mean, that's we've we've been over this before, but that's the main reason why you trade him now is you you don't want him to get injured first of all, but second of all, the faster you trade him, the worse your team is for the rest of the year, and the higher your pick's going to be. Like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty simple stuff. So if they if they have a good offer right now, they should just take it. But I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's like they want him to play in the All Star game as a Canuck kind of thing, and then. Uh, because I don't know how that would work, but but and then they they trade him after the All Star break or something. Yeah. But, yeah, I've been thinking about that. Like, I'm sure they wouldn't have their hands completely tied by the All Star game, but I do think it'd be very funny if, say, he goes to, you know, yeah. New Jersey and then still plays for the Pacific in the All Star game just to make the numbers yeah. make sense. Yeah, um, and about their soft schedule, like, it's not as bad as it was in January, but it doesn't get really easy until March. Like, yeah. Devils, which Rangers, which is like after the deadline, which is yeah, great, you know? Devils, so. Rangers, Islanders, Red Wings, Red Wings, Rangers, Flyers, Predators, Blues, yeah, who, think, who are yeah. like kind of there. That's a big tank game for them. But then they got like Bruins, Stars, Wild, Maple Leafs. So like, yeah. there's and a lot of these games are on the road teams, too, and right? there's so. also like a few playoff teams in there. It's yeah. not like they really hit the dredges at the end of the year when they think play about like all the Coyotes those... twice and the Ducks twice, etc. Yeah. Think about all those times they'll have to play Bo Horvat though in those Red Wings games. That's going to be tough. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. true, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Larkin can shut him down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or oh, not. Boy. I guess, yeah, like send him, yeah. train him to the Red Wings then have him score six goals in those two games. Uh, well, well while we have you here, here, Justin, why don't we, you know, we're, we're getting to the end of the episode. Why don't we... Let's throw down a, a prediction. Where do, where do you guys think Bo Horvat is going to get traded? Or is he going to get traded? I feel like you, you have to trade him, right? Like, there's <laughs> yeah, just no I feel way. like they, they had to trade a lot of people, and they I didn't. Know, but so. I, and I feel like also there's definitely a way forward for the Canucks where they just do make one final Hail Mary offer at the deadline, and he just yeah. bites the bullet and accepts because it means so much to him to be here and be the captain of this team. I also feel like that's not oh. the right thing anymore because like this is Elias Pettersson's team. Let's just be honest about it. The fact that he has to oh, yeah. receive a letter only in games where like OEL is a healthy scratch so there's an A up for grabs <laughs> is absolutely absurd. Like when people talk about the locker yeah. room being a country club, I think that kind of sums it up right there that a guy is just handed a letter coming in from another city where like, yeah, sure. He was the captain of the coyotes, but the coyotes were terrible and like, sorry, but you suck now. Like you are not, you might have experience. (laughs) You might be a guy that people can talk to. You are not somebody who can lead on the ice. You are not somebody who can barely play on the ice. Like 
it's been said, but if he had a different last name on the back of his sweater and a different contract, he'd probably be a second pairing guy in the AHL right now. Like, yeah, Oliver Ekman Larson <laughs> is wearing an A on his jersey on a nightly basis, and Elias Pettersson gets to, to be acknowledged as a leader on this team every so often as a treat. Put the C on PD already, and if that means trading Bo, heck, I'm all for it. You should have traded Miller. That was the move. Keep Bo, trade Miller was like the obvious way forward to keep this team in contention while also recouping a ton of assets at the deadline last year. Like, Miller's on yeah. a, still on a sweetheart contract until the end of this season. Imagine if they retained 50% salary on him for the remainder of last year and this year. They could have flipped him to a contender who would have had cap room to That's, add a 100-point yeah. player for like $2.4 million or something like that. It's the most infuriating thing. Like, if they actually wanted to retool on the fly, the move to retool on the fly was trade fucking JT Miller exactly. and get assets back. Exactly. And then yeah. it's the same thing now with like trading Horvat and... and uh, Shen and Kuzmenko. What does this team do all the time, though? Completely misidentify who the actual leaders are. Like, <laughs> yeah, they chased out Markstrom, Tanev, Stetcher, and Toffoli all in the uh, same offseason. And some of those, sure, maybe letting Marky walk and not signing him to the deal where he's currently playing terribly for the Flames all year long is not the worst move uh, in the end. But, like, look, I'll, I'll admit I was wrong. I thought letting Tanev go and sign that deal was the right move. And clearly it wasn't because that was a guy who was a huge part of that locker room for all of the young players who looked to him as basically the team dad, basically like, and Troy Stetcher, who was an integral part of that core group of friends at the heart of the team yeah. as well. Uh, that Patterson was, is obviously a big part of like, it's just completely misidentifying what they have at all times so that they can, um, you know, give a letter and, and act like the real difference maker on this team is Brandon Sutter for as long as he had to wear the A, you know, like it's just completely <sighs> time and time again, they don't identify who the actual difference makers are trading Eddie Lack after he I, carried them to the playoffs against Calgary all those years ago, you know, like every single time they don't understand what is the driver of success and picking Miller over Horvat is just like, I'm, I'm interested to see what the chasm's going to be like next year. Like, assuming that Horvat is gone, like, is there going to be a similar? I don't know how you could make it worse, but I kind of think it's going to have to get worse without having Bo in the room. Yeah. Um, my prediction. Yeah. Ooh, I want to. <laughs> say, my 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 two my two that I like the most that I'm cheering for are either New Jersey or Seattle. Both for like potential returns and just like places I think it would be cool for him to go. So I will say Seattle's funnier. Seattle. I'm gonna go with Seattle Detroit be funny. because I I feel like that makes sense as a long term destination for a guy yeah. who's from Ontario who maybe can't get back in with the Leafs or Sens given their cap commitments and situations right now. And if he wants to play close to home, Detroit is probably okay. a pretty great pick for that so did he grow didn't he grow up as a red wings fan too um i remember hearing that somewhere. maybe that would make sense I yeah that makes sense with his age and yeah yeah um i'm gonna go with a bit of a wild card team the minnesota wild okay they have a decent amount of cap space at the at the deadline uh, obviously they have the the buyout stuff coming later on so i don't know if he would just be a pure rental or not um but you know i could see to the minnesota wild for something based around like kaylin addison 
who's like a young uh, right side D man who, who looks pretty good. Um, and you know, it sort of fits what Rutherford is uh, has said he's he's going for. Another you know, quick, Addison and like a pick. So another quick prediction. Brock Besser, where does he land? Ooh, yeah, because I feel like he's well. Yeah, the the Friedman hit was like the Canucks are going to make a lot of moves. You're, you're going to see Myers gone. Horvat gone, Besser gone, maybe Demko gone. Myers, I feel like, obviously, will be like after the bonus gets paid out. But mm-hmm. Besser, that's a good question. See, um, Besser, I think, would be great in Detroit. Yeah. And they have a ton of pending UFAs. So they have the cap space that would make it fit in the offseason. So that's my prediction for Besser, is Detroit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I maybe I might go Minnesota again. It seems like the obvious the obvious pick, but it's his I think they don't have the Skrilla. I don't. Yeah, that's that's the problem, right? Like, I don't I don't know what their cap situation is exactly like in the next couple of years, other than it being not good. But um, you know, maybe they could they can move some stuff around. Yeah, um, I would say Besser plus for Dumba if they finally did that. Like, God, that's like the classic. That's a, is such an incredibly Canucks move to make. Yeah, but I guess the thing with with Dumba is that he's uh, UFA after this year, so maybe. If they treat him like an expiring contract and just let him go, That'd my worry would be that they re-sign him. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, and and they will. Total anchor but, back there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's one more thing. This is just like very small thing from that that Columbus game. Yeah. Why was the crowd booing Johnny Hockey? Oh, I think it was because it was. So people were wondering about that. I think it was because it was right after um, he stepped on a puck and fell down, and they got a penalty from it. Uh. And it oh. looked kind of like he dove a little bit, but because they were I booing think, him all game, and I was like, "Are there a lot of Calgary fans in the the crowd? Are we just like ripping off another NHL team again with something that they do?" Like, I just could not understand. Yeah, if, if it was I, like a dive that was, I that think bad it was because for, I think it was yeah. because it was a really bad penalty call where he literally stepped on a puck, slipped, and fell, and. Uh, that's I think when the booing started. It is funny that it kept going the whole game though. Yeah. But or like yeah. <laughs> they're really pissed off about that game from last year where it was zero zero going into overtime in Calgary, and then Johnny oh, Hockey God. scored the overtime winner. Yeah, At that game where I wasn't allowed to drink a fucking beer because it was during the Omicron <laughs> outbreak, and like all the concessions were closed, the arena was half full. I like <laughs> I wanted a water, just like give me anything. I'm parched, and I just had to watch the most dog shit fucking Canucks game of maybe not of all time, but maybe this season. That's awesome. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh boy. Do for that. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, Justin, <laughs> thank you for, for coming on. Um, did you want uh, to plug anything before you go? Uh, sure. Yeah. You can hear me, um, weekdays, Monday to Friday doing sports updates in the morning in both Vancouver and Calgary. Uh, for seven hours in a row and for four hours in the middle of that in Toronto as well. So right across the country doing sports updates on City News Radio. Uh, I'm also hosting Vancouver Giants games on Sportsnet 650 lately, which is pretty fun. And I'm the play-by-play voice of NEW Wrestling in Vancouver, which you can find on YouTube. Uh, search NEW Wrestling Inc., I believe is the handle there. Uh, and I have a new podcast coming out pretty soon uh, about movies called ADHD DVD, which will hopefully finally get out up and running in the next couple of weeks here. So hell yeah. yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, thank you for signing up to the, the Patreon as yeah, well. We're getting close to that, that John Taffer goal. Aaron, go ahead. You're, you're good at plugging the Patreon. Oh yeah. No, when we get to, uh, get to $500 and we have to decide if it's us or CAD. I guess we can do that off air, but oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> we're going to get a cameo from John Taffer uh, for Francesco Aquilini. Tell him <laughs> to shut it down. Sell the team. 
Yeah. So I think that'll do it. I think I think that'll be the thing that does it. So. Yeah. I, hey, if John Taffer told me to sell someone, I'm selling it. John Taffer's <laughs> gonna come into Rogers Arena and turn the hot dog stand into a, a hamburger shack, and that will be yeah. His big, that's a big change. Big He's gonna talk about how need. the concourse yeah. is too narrow that it like prevents people from buying <laughs> beers and you know, no, but the concourse is the concourse is one big butt funnel, so he's going to like the concourse, I think. He's going to be like, if anything, it needs to be more narrow. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Thanks well, for thanks, everyone. Everybody. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks for having Bye. me. Bye. about me I'll be alone dancing you know it baby tell me your troubles and doubts giving me everything inside and out love strings so real in the dawn I think of tender things where we're working on slow change may pull us apart when the lights get into your heart, baby Don't you forget about me Don't, 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 don't Don't you forget about me Will you stand above me? Look my way, never love me Falling, rain keeps falling down, down, down. Will you recognize me? Call my name or walk on by. Rain keeps falling, rain keeps falling down. It's my feeling we'll win in the end I won't harm you or touch your defenses Vanity, insecurity, oh. Don't you forget about me I'll be alone dancing, dancing you know it, baby Going to take you apart I'll put us back together at heart, baby Don't you forget about me Don't, 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 don't Don't you forget about me As you walk on by Will you call my name? As you walk on Will you call my name when you walk on by? Will you walk away? Oh, 
Cheers, dude.